Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will give the second part of his message entitled, The Other Side, Core Requirements. This series of Other Side messages will be Pastor Chuck's conclusion to our Exodus series. This message focuses on the importance of obedience to Christ. Today, Pastor Chuck will begin in Exodus 15, verse 22, as he works his way through his first point. So if you have your Bibles, please turn them over right now to Exodus 15, chapter 22, as we join in with Pastor Chuck. So here's, there's a few things we're going to walk through these. We're going to walk through the text. It's only six verses, six verses, verses 23 through 27, six verses. As we walk through there, I'm going to give you the points. We're going to read it, and I'm going to give you the points through that. I'm not going to give you all three points right now. We're going to give it to me as we read it. Verse 22, here we go. Verse 22, get this right here for you. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shore. And they went three days. Remember those three days I just talked about? Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, hey, it's a three days journey out into the wilderness so we can serve the Lord in the wilderness. He wants us to serve him in the wilderness. It's a three days journey. Now we're three days on the other side of the Red Sea account. Three days. This is important. Three days. Three days in the wilderness and found no water. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Listen. They went into the wilderness of shore and they went there and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Verse 23. Now, when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Hence the name. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. Mara means bitter. Verse 24. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. Here's the first point I want to give to you. Here's the first one I'm going to give you out of the verse. Obedience is the Lord's requirement. Obedience is the Lord's requirement. Listen, verse 24. Five again. So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made, here's the requirement, there he made a statute and an ordinance for them and there he tested them. Here's the first thing I want to look at though. Before we get into the requirement that this is a requirement of the Lord, what blocks us in operating or, 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 or um, as I said, obeying the requirement? What blocks us in doing it? Well, let's look at bitterness. Verse, verse 22 to 20, these were bitter waters, right? The Lord had just overcome a major water crisis for them. Pharaoh was on their heels, and all of a sudden, they come up to a body of water that they had no boats, they had no airplane, they had no helicopter, they had no uh, bridge, they had nothing to be able to get over, and then all of a sudden, the Lord himself tell Moses, to raise his staff, and as he raised his staff, the waters of the sea parted by the commandment and work of the Lord in that moment. By the commandment, so they just had a major water crisis, and now they're facing another water crisis three days later. That's what three days later it was just three days. They just saw six miles of water, approximately six miles of water, be parted. 
six miles deep of water be parted. Seeing the whales and the fishies and all that type of stuff in there, little Nemo's and all that swimming in the water, they see it right there, and then all of a sudden, they go across on dry, gland, dry ground, and three days later, they complaining and grumbling about a water issue. After the Lord just shows something mighty in their life, a miraculous act of how he can deal with water, he's the commander, he's the creator of it and the commander over it, now all of a sudden, three days later, they have an issue. And that's why I love for us to gather midweek. That's why I love for us to have our midweek services. Because we can get all, uh, um, we can get this spiritual high. We can eat this good old spiritual food on Sunday and come Wednesday, you act like the Lord and forgot about you and he ain't did nothing for you. And then you start grumbling. You start murmuring and complaining. Oh God, you done forgot about me. Oh Lord, where's this? Oh Lord, where's that? All of a sudden you start murmuring and complaining and you forget what the Lord just did for you on Sunday. I'll wait a minute, because I know some of y'all are real spiritual right now. I said, nah, that ain't me, Pastor. I know that, yeah, 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 some of y'all. You come you come Wednesday, and you act like Jesus don't even exist no more. I got to sip some of this uh, good old water out of Joe Sink mug. We get there three days later. Not, not three months later on this journey. Not, not three weeks later. Three days later, they have forgotten the promise and power of God, just like that. The promise and power of God. And this is not the, listen, family, this is not the first pandemic that has hit our world before. Why are we not believing God to do something miraculous now? This is not the first financial crisis you have endured or this country has endured. Why would we not allow ourselves to remember that the Lord can show up and show out in any type of financial crisis for his children. This is not the first health issue that has ever hit anybody in human history. Why are we not believing that the Lord can show up and show out in the area of healing? Why, why, why? When we just have had tangible evidence that the Lord saves, the Lord heals, the Lord sees, the Lord hears, the Lord delivers. We have tangible evidence of our lives that our God is greater. He is higher than any other. But three days later, we're doubting that. We're acting as if the Lord has forgotten about us, that he doesn't care anymore. Just three days later. So the question I want to ask you is this. Does your life, my life, does it say that bitter waters flow out of me or sweet waters flow out of me? Does your life, does your life, how you talk, how you walk, what is your posture? What does your physical posture look like when you walk into the office, when you walk into the room, when you're amongst your family or you're amongst your friends? What does your posture, does your posture say your God is a healer? Does your posture say that God is greater? Does your posture say that God is loving? Does your posture, your posture say that God is joy and joy inexpressible? What does your posture say about your God? Does it say that, oh, nothing but bitterness flows in me, flows out of me? Are you only speaking words of bitterness? God can't, God won't, God hasn't, God, blah, blah, blah. Is it saying, no, 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 my God is, my God will, my God can, my God is able. What is it saying? Do bitter waters flow in and through you or do the sweet waters of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, of his grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ flow through you? Listen, listen what Matthew Henry says, the great old, uh, commentator of the gospel. Listen to what he says. He says, no, God can embitter that to us from which we promise ourselves most satisfaction. 
and often does so in the wilderness of this world that our wants and disappointments in the creature may drive us to the creator and whose favor alone true comfort is to be had. Listen to that again. Listen to that again. I want to say it one more time. Listen to that again. It says, listen, no, God can embitter, embitter, E-M-B-I-T-T-E-R. No, God can embitter that to us from which we promise ourselves most satisfaction and often does so. Listen, I told you that wilderness purifies you and often does so in the wilderness of this world that our wants and disappointments in the creature and the created thing may drive us to the creator in whose favor alone true comfort is to be had. Some of us, family, listen, some of us continue to drink from the bitter wells of our past. Some of us continue to drink from the bitter wells of disappointments, past disappointments, past frustrations, past failed relationships, past failures, past mistakes, past uh, life experience that, yes, they were unfavorable. But listen, if we continue to drink from them, we would never, never, ever position ourselves to receive of the sweet waters that the Lord has provided. You've heard the saying before, take lemons and make them lemonade. How do we do that? When the lemons of life are given to us, we give it to the master lemonade maker, Jesus Christ himself. And we allow him to put his sweet promises on the situation, his sweet grace on the situation, his sweet mercy on the situation, and allow us to turn our nighttime into day, to turn our, our, our morning into joy, to turn our ashes into into beauty, to turn our heaviness into praise. He's the one who gives us the sweet blessing of his grace, the sweet, the sweet words of his promise, the sweet truths of who he is and brings us into a place of sweetness. Bitterness is something we need to allow the Holy Spirit to examine us on because it's something that affects us more than we know. Listen, I want to draw this out for you because this is important. Psychology Today has an article that talks about bitterness and the impact of bitterness. Listen, one, um, one doctor says it this way. He says, bitterness is defined as a chronic and pervasive state of smoldering resentment and regards it as one of the most destructive and toxic of human emotions. Let me say that one more again. Bitterness, this, this PhD, he defines this as this, a chronic and pervasive state of smoldering resentment and regards it as one of the most destructive and toxic of human emotions. Let, then he goes on, then he, this article goes on to talk about the benefits, if you will. Uh, not even the bit, well, they kind of listen to that benefit, but it, it's what uh, these things that hinder us, the cost of bitterness. They, they list out all of these things here. The one they say is this. They said the price tag of benefits, I mean, of bitterness has a high cost. One thing, it prolongs your mental and emotional pain, and you may even exacerbate what that is. It prolongs your mental and emotional pain, and bitterness can set into the point where you will exacerbate how bad it is. It can lead to long-lasting anxiety or depression. 
It can, it can prevent you from experiencing the potential joys of living fully in the present versus dwelling self-righteously on the past wrongs inflicted on you. Let me say that one again. It prevents you from experiencing the potential joys of living fully in the present versus dwelling self-righteously on the past wrongs inflicted on you. Here's the last one I want to read to you about that. Listen, it says, it can undermine your physical health. It can literally undermine your physical health. The chronic anger that is bitterness can raise your stress best baseline, thereby taxing your immune system. It can undermine your physical health to the point that bitterness can set in so deeply in you that it can raise up your stress baseline, thereby it can tax your immune system. Now, that's what they give us the cost. Here's what they say is the cure. Virtually every writer who has weighed in on this subject of bitterness has discussed its ultimate remedy, forgiveness. Forgiveness alone enables you to let go of grievances, grudges, rancor, and resentment. It's the single most potent antidote for the venomous desire for the retributive justice poisoning your system. It's the single most potent antidote for the venomous desire of your retributive justice that is poisoning your system. Pastor, why am I telling you this? Because the Lord himself gives us forgiveness. That's the beauty of the gospel. When he was hanging on that cross, we were still mocking him. We were still uh, uh, belittling him. We were still disrespecting him. We were still not choosing him. We were still rebelling against him. And he hung on that cross and he prayed and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgiveness says, I will stand in their place. I will be the substitutionary atonement for their sins. Father, all of their rebellion, all of their disrespect, all of their disobedience, I'm going to stand in their place and I'm going to offer up something to them that they don't deserve, forgiveness. And out of that forgiveness, I'm going to literally wipe their slate clean. As far as the east is from the west, so have their sins been forgiven. So has their rebellion been forgiven. So have their disobedience been forgiven. And all of this was done by a selfless act of love on Calvary's cross by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the one who can take our bitter and offer us his sweet. That's the sweetness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We won't apply the sweetness of the gospel to our circumstances or our lives, and we refuse to drink to receive the nourishment of faith, hope, and love that only the great well Jesus Christ can provide. Why won't we apply the sweetness of the gospel to whatever bitter circumstance you're currently facing right now? He has already provided and proven that he's good. He's already provided and proven that he's greater than. He has already provided and proven that he is your God and that he will always fight for you. Why just three days later are we refusing to allow him to make our situation sweeter? John 7 says it like this. He says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. What's flowing out of your heart right now? Is those waters bitter or are they sweet? 
Are they waters that that that, that lean into to spiritual death or does it communicate spiritual life? What is it? Somebody was to tap you right now. And they were they were to hook up uh, 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 their their spiritual IV to you, and they wanted to receive uh, uh, some nourishment to help them in, in their spiritual anemia right now. Could they attach their spiritual IV to you and receive uh, uh, the iron of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord? Could they get that out of you, or are they going to get anger, frustration, bitterness? unforgiveness, idolatry, wickedness, rebellion, disobedience. What are they going to get out of you? If somebody, if somebody was in a, a, a bad spiritual uh, uh, state uh, and, and they needed to connect to you to receive life, the rivers of living water flowing out of you be nourished, could they do it in this moment? So in order to realize and receive the better in him, we need to see the bitter in us. And that's what the wilderness does. The wilderness puts us in a place where we are able to see the bitter in us and then he puts on display more of the better in him. We can access that and walk in it. Y'all remember that family? In order to know the better in him, we need to recognize and release the bitter in us. Somebody, somebody put that in there. Somebody put that in. That's old school. That's, that's early days of rebuild right there. That's old school, early days of rebuild. In order to know the better in him, we have, to, we have to recognize and release the bitter in us. That's old school rebuild. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking the time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That's www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we would love to have you join us. On our website, you can find the dates that we are meeting in person as we are still operating under a modified schedule due to the pandemic. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck concludes his message entitled, The Other Side, Core Requirements. 